With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. ChumbaCasino.com has over 100 casino style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchases, forward, prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Hey, everybody, and welcome to the Billboard Pop Shop Podcast. I'm Keith Caulfield, Senior Director of Charts at Billboard. And I'm Katie Atkinson, Billboard's Deputy Editor Digital. Hello, Katie. Hey, Keith. How are you? Great. We're back in the same room again. We are indeed, and we are also <laughs> out of the wilderness and the wilds of three back-to-back crazy events with Oof. the Grammys, the Super Bowl, and the Academy Awards. Oof. Now, I'm okay with that. Now we've got nothing until the Billboard Music Awards, <laughs> right? Yeah, that's right. Nothing till April. <laughs> we, got no, we have nothing else going on in There's the world. definitely not anything else. Well, as always, the Billboard Pop Shop Podcast is your one-stop shop for all things pop on Billboard's weekly charts. In addition, you can always count on a lively discussion about the latest pop news, fun chart stats and stories, new music, and guest interviews with music stars and folks from the world of pop. Today on the show, we've got chart news about Lil Wayne... The Academy Awards, and that surprise performance from Eminem, 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 he has a new name, it's just called Eminem, plus a countdown of the top 10 biggest love songs of all time on the Billboard Hot 100 chart, because you know, Valentine's Day is just around the corner. But first, before we get started, if you enjoy the podcast, subscribe to the show on your favorite podcast provider so you won't miss an episode. And if you want to explore more podcasts from Billboard, visit billboard.com slash podcasts. Okay, first, let's get into some chart news. Lil Wayne nabs his fifth number one album on the Billboard 200 chart as Funeral starts atop the tally with 139,000 equivalent album units earned in the U.S. in the week ending February 6th, of course, according to Nielsen Music MRC data. Uh, Lil Wayne previously topped the Billboard 200 with The Carter 5, The Carter 4, I am not a human being, and the Carter three. Um, is there supposed to be a the Carter six at some point, or is the Carter five the end of the road for the Carter? It's always looming. You never know. You never know if there's going to be another Carter. <laughs> um, I'm sure someone will say yes. Of course, it was the end of it. How do you not know these things? Um, in addition to Little Wayne entering at number one uh, this week, the top ten also welcomes four further debuts uh, from Russ, Kesha, Louis Tomlinson, and Yo Gotti. Uh, marking the first time that five albums have uh, debuted simultaneously in the top 10 in seven months. Um, And obviously, make sure to head over to Billboard.com for the full rundown of this week's very, very busy top 10. And also a very fun fact about Arista Records. I was going to say, I saw your headline about Louie. Yeah, Louie Tomlinson is... Friend of the podcast. Friend of the podcast, Louie Tomlinson. Um, His album was released via Arista Records. Uh, Arista relaunched 
um, in 2018 after being shuttered in 2011. And of course, Arista is the home of such acts as Whitney Houston and Barry Manilow and all sorts of others. The famous Clive Davis label. And um, this is the first top 10 album for a, a, a the first new top 10 album on Arista Records since I think it was 2011. Mm. So it's been a minute. But yeah, yeah. yeah. Anyway. Well, we love that stuff, but we're a music dork, so (laughs) you know. (laughs) Uh, Speaking of music, the Oscars went down on Sunday night, and then the absence of a host, there were a surprisingly high number of music moments throughout the night. Remember, like, previous years when the people nominated for Best Original Song had to fight for, like, a minute and a half of screen time to perform their song? Like last year when they're like, I don't know, we we, we can't squeeze all of them in there. And they were like, well, let's, it was all focused around Gaga and Bradley Cooper. Yeah. We're like, I don't know if we can fit anyone else in. This year, they're like, yeah, all five of you get to. Yeah, so all five performed, and all five performed their complete and entire songs start to finish. Like, How? no weirdness. What? I don't get Poor it. Poor Sophie and Stevens, <laughs> looking back at the, Did the Call show, Me By Your Name. And the show ran about as long as it normally does. I know. I mean, I really think it was the absence of that, you know, the filler chatter and jokes from, from a, a host. host. Wow. Um, but in addition to the, the five nominees performing, including eventual winner Elton John, who won for I'm Gonna Love Me Again from the biopic Rocket Man, alongside his longtime songwriting partner Bernie Taupin, the biggest musical surprise came when Eminem showed up 17 years after he skipped the ceremony where his song Lose Yourself from 8 Mile won the Best Original Song trophy, and he performed the song for the first time on the Oscar stage. A lot of people were like, wait a second, like myself included, like, it's not like the 20 year anniversary of this. Yeah, like, like, what's what is the, this? Why? It's like, <laughs> and I'm from Detroit. And even I was like, why? It's like, what's the point of this? <laughs> why are we celebrating this? Oh. Eh, we got Eminem. There were a lot of hilarious crowd shots from it because like people trying to like awkwardly bob their head along delusions. Yeah, I, I, I feel like the reaction shots in still frame don't really do the reactions justice. Because when yeah. you see it, when you see a still frame of Billie Eilish <laughs> and Phineas, they have a weird look on their face. But they you, actually were like jamming out. They were to jamming it. to it. It's just, but Martin Scorsese might have been falling asleep <laughs> during it. I think. I think actually, there was a lot of people in the crowd that actually didn't know that it was one Eminem, two lose yourself until the chorus kicked in. Uh, yeah. So, because when the chorus kicked in, everyone was like, oh, I'm like, are you an idiot? What? Okay, fine. Oh, this number one oh, smash this song. number one smash Academy Award hit from what? Come on. My mom did text, who's the rapper guy? And then three minutes later, oh, it's Eminem. <laughs> so, who's this bearded gentleman? Yeah. Oh, man. Um, okay, so in addition to the Eminem surprise, there was also Billie Eilish, as you mentioned, uh, performing The Beatles yesterday alongside brother and another friend of the, friend pod- of the podcast, <laughs> Phineas, for the In Memoriam segment. And then also Janelle Monet opened the show with an assist from Billy Porter to get the energy up in the room. It was a very, like, manic performance. It was a very interesting <laughs> performance. It was. It was, it, I mean, you know, it. it's, yeah. I, I think mean, the express purpose of it was just to get people, like, hyped yeah. I and mean, so I don't know if it what, was for us. What other for... performance could have sort of like the Midsummer and Joker dancers? <laughs> <laughs> the Midsummer dancers. Like... That's terrifying. <laughs> oh my Choreographed God. by Debbie Allen. <laughs> anyway. Okay. So, uh, Keith, we've already gotten some initial sales reports after Sunday's show, right? Yes. So who who saw a bump? <laughs> um, well, the biggest winner uh, in, in sort of the biggest, sa- the biggest sales winner is no surprise, Eminem. Um, on February 9th, uh, the day of the Oscars, according to initial sales reports to Nielsen Music, um, MRC Data, 
Lose Yourself sold 4,000 downloads in the U.S., which is up a whopping 1,894% as compared to the basically negligible figure it sold the day previous. Um, In total, if we looked at all of Eminem's songs, uh, not just Lose Yourself, um, and again, according to initial sales reports, uh, all of his songs sold a combined 7,000 downloads in the U.S. on Sunday, um, which was up 307% um, compared to the nearly 2,000 they sold the day before. So, so it's just like people were like, oh, right, Eminem. Yeah. Well, I mean, obviously most of that 7,000 was, was the 4,000 of Lose Yourself. Yeah. But, you know, it's, it's <laughs> I mean, it's a, I, I still can't figure out what was the booking. Like, why did they book him for the show? It's, it's almost as if... For the last 17 years, they've been asking him annually. Just to show about, up. How about this year? Like, how about, how about I don't know. Just like, come be a presenter. Yeah. And come, this time he's like, sure, it. I'll do it because I have a new album to promote. But I'll sure I'll sing Lose And Yourself. then I have to say, I thought of the fact that like Elton won and performed last night, or I should say Sunday night. We're recording on Monday. Um, and I was like, oh, it's Elton and Eminem reunion. And then they actually did post a photo. He posted a photo with Uncle Elton. Uh, uh, Uncle Elton. After the show. I wonder, and then we can move on. I wonder, do you think, like, how big of a secret was it that Eminem was performing? Like, did the other performers know? Did the presenters know? Because. Like, you're saying, like, maybe Lin-Manuel Miranda was the only person who knew, other than, like, you know, Academy people? I mean, like, well, like, Phineas and Billy had to have done dress rehearsal. You know, and as did Elton John. So wouldn't they have all known? No one leaked it somehow. It's incredible these days for something like that to actually not get leaked. Considering the amount of press that was at Dolby Theater for the past however many days. I mean, my friends who are movie writers have been there since like Thursday, like watching the red carpet. It's like no one knew. Yeah. Yeah. Amazing. So good job on that. Nice. Maybe they did an offsite rehearsal. But still, it's like you have this big, like, hole in the script. It's just, like, hold for TK, <laughs> TBD. Uh, anyway, all right. Okay, so finally, with Valentine's Day around... Valentine's Day. Valentine's Goodness Day. Gracious. Valentine's with Day? Valentine's Day around the corner, which it's... Is it really this Friday? Yeah. Oh, my God. <laughs> so you've got your plans firmed up already. <laughs> yeah, I'll work on that. Um, we thought we'd take a look at the biggest love songs, and love is in quotes here, ever, on the Billboard Hot 100 chart. These are the songs that have the word love in the title. Right. Because, man, trying to go through and like classify what is and is not a love song on the Hot 100 feels... Yeah, we did that for a list once a long Oof. time ago, and it was difficult because, you know, you could argue until the cows come home yeah. about what is or is not a love song. So this one's a lot simpler. We just looked for song titles that have literally the word, the four-letter word, love, in their title. And we were actually going to allow things that were, like, loving and lover and whatever, then but it turned to. out that the top ten literally have just the word love in right. them. So some fine points about how we actually ranked this list. It's how we normally do our, you know, all-time Hot 100 ranked lists. It's actually based on performance of these songs on the weekly Billboard Hot 100 chart. Songs are ranked based on an inverse point system, uh, with weeks at number one earning the greatest value and weeks at number 100 earning the least. Um, and you know, therefore, if you spend more time in the top 10 or more time in the top 40, then you rank up a lot more points than something that you know shoots up and down the chart really fast, even if it spent a bunch of weeks at number one. And of course, all 10 of these songs were all went to number one. Yes. Strangely enough, but they, but you know, you'll you'll soon see that not you know like something number ten may have spent fewer weeks or yeah some, right, you know, something right. higher and vice versa. Yeah. Anyway. Okay, so should we start off with number ten? No, let's. How about seven? Ah. Uh, okay. 
First one is The Emotions, Best of My Love. And let's take a listen. Okay, so great song, first of all. Just going to throw that out whoa, there. Whoa. Yeah, it's such a good song. It makes me think of Sex in the City, which I know is silly because it's like, I know it's from 1976. Seven. Seven. Well, the song is from 77 or it won a 1977 Grammy? 1977. Okay. So it's from 1977 and yet it makes me think of Sex and the City because I think it was in like one episode. So there's my like that's one. Your, that's your point of reference <laughs> for this song. But fun fact, this 1977 Grammy winning single is also the biggest song ever on the Hot 100 by a girl group. Hey. And it was co-written and co-produced by Earth, Wind & Fire's Maurice White. The single spent five weeks at number one. Uh, the trio, uh, which was then comprised of sisters Pam, Sheila, and Wanda Hutchinson, uh, only hit the top ten twice with Best of My Love and, again, with Boogie Wonderland alongside, fittingly enough, Earth, Wind, and Fire. I don't know Boogie Wonderland. Boogie Wonderland! Oh, yes, I do. Ha! Ha! Dance! <laughs> All right, moving on. Uh, number nine, it's Joan Jett and the Blackhearts. I love rock and roll. Let's take a listen. So this is not quite a love song in the typical fashion, but you know, a love for rock and roll music is a kind of love. Mm -hmm. Uh, This track actually spent seven weeks at number one on the Hot 100 back in 1982 for Rock and Roll Hall of Fame inductee Joan Jett and the Blackhearts. Okay, so fun fact, though this is Joan Jett's biggest song, she didn't actually write it. It's a cover of a song first recorded by the band The Arrows, and it was first released as the B-side of the 1975 UK single Broken Down Heart. Yeah, that nugget. That, <laughs> that chestnut. That we all remember. <laughs> uh, so number eight. Number eight, guys. Do you just wait for number eight? It's Stevie B, Because I Love You, parenthetical title, The Postman Song. <laughs> I'm so sorry. Let's take a listen. Because I love you. Now. I'm laughing because when we put this list together, it was the one that I would have told you I had no idea what this song was. And yet now you've ta- you've listened. You know what the song is. It's an R&B nugget from 1990 that I guess I just forgot existed. <laughs> and also did not know it was the Postman song. <laughs> I'm dying right now. I don't know why you find this so it's funny. It's the silliest title. All right. Well, okay. Bef- anyway, let's before, talk about some fa- yeah, fun let, facts. Before this ballad came along. <laughs> Uh, Stevie B was probably best known for his dance hits like Party Your Body and Spring Love. Um, And Because I Love You actually became Stevie B's only top 10 hit on the Billboard Hot 100. And it spent four weeks at number one in late 1990. Fun fact, the song that bumped it out of number one was Justify My Love by Madonna. (laughs) So fitting. Yeah. Um, All right. Number seven is Mario's Let Me Love You. Let's take a listen. You should let me love you. Let me be the one to give you everything you want and need. 
baby, good love. All right, Let Me Love You spent a whopping nine weeks at number one on the Hot 100 back in 2005 and would finish the year as the third biggest song of 2005, behind only Mariah Carey's We Belong Together and Gwen Stefani's Hollaback Girl, which were the numbers one and two songs of the year. This is the one that's the most surprisingly high for me. Like, I just, it's a great song. It spent forever on the charts. Obviously. Year. Yeah. yeah. Okay, so number six is probably my personal favorite on this list. Whitney Houston's I Will Always Love You. Let's take a listen. This song, of course, was written and recorded by Dolly Parton in 1973, and she took the song to number one twice (laughs) on the Hot Country Songs chart with two different versions before Whitney came along to record her own version in 1992 for the Bodyguard soundtrack. Houston's rendition spent 14 weeks at number one on the Hot 100 chart, which was a then record, right? Didn't it get broken by Mm -hmm. a song that we're going to talk about in a little bit? Uh... No. Oh, I thought it was broken by Boys to Men. I think it was tied. Oh, okay. Boys yeah. to Men also spent 14 weeks. Mm-hmm. Got it. Got it. Uh, you know, fun fact, after uh, after Whitney Houston had her hit version, Dolly put out yet another version. Hmm. <laughs> and was it another country songs hit? Uh, it was. It didn't go to number one, though. Okay. Um, all right. So next up, number five is Wings with Silly Love Songs. Take a listen. Okay, Silly Love Songs, uh, which was written by Paul McCartney, was number one for five weeks on the Hot 100 back in 1976 for his band Wings. Uh, The track, with lines like, some people want to fill the world with silly love songs. And what's what's wrong wrong with with that? that? What's wrong with that? (laughs) Uh, Was written as a response to those who criticized McCartney for only writing lightweight pop tunes. And well, he did. And that's just okay. Oh man, there were some deeper things going on with Paul McCartney. Yeah. Everyone calm down. Well, compared to John Lennon, you know. Okay, fair enough. Slightly lighter fare. (laughs) All right, number four. This is the newest song on the list. Rihanna featuring Calvin Harris, We Found Love. Let's take a listen. Number one for 10 weeks in 2011 and 2012. This is one of Rihanna's 14 number one hits, and the thir- which is the third most of any artist in the history of the chart. The two artists would collaborate again, this time switching up the billing as This Is What You Came For was credited to Calvin Harris featuring Rihanna, and that reached number three in 2016. And we can't forget that it was ghostwritten by Taylor Swift. And her vocals are buried in the mix, too. Oh, yeah. that part I didn't know. Yeah, you did. I literally didn't. Well, now I you do know. now. And knowing's half the battle. Next up at number three is the Bee Gees with How Deep Is Your Love. And here's a sample. How deep is your love? Is your love? Okay, this was the first of a staggering six consecutive number ones for the Bee Gees in the late 1970s, spending three weeks at number one. The track is lifted from the soundtrack to Saturday Night Fever, which itself would spend, oh, you know, just 24 weeks at number (laughs) one on the Billboard 200 albums chart. Such a good song. 
And Calvin Harris also had a song with the same title years later. Oh, that's right. <laughs> All right, number two, the aforementioned Boys to Men with I'll Make Love to You. Let's take a listen. I'll make love to you. How popular were Boys to Men in the year 1994? I don't know, Katie. How popular were they? I'll tell you, Keith. The vocal quartet's single, I'll Make Love to You, spent 14 weeks at number one on the Hot 100. And they were only pushed out of number one by Boys to Men's next single, On Bended Knee, which itself spent six weeks at number one. I lived through that time, and I loved that time. Yeah, it was a good time. It was a great time. Uh, at number one on our list of the biggest love songs on the Hot 100 chart. It's Dinah Ross and Lionel Richie with Endless Love. Let's take a listen. You will always be my endless love. All right, talk about a superstar team up. You take the former front woman of the Supremes and the front man of the Commodores, pair them up together on an epic love song written by Richie, and you get Endless Love. It would spend nine weeks at number one on the Hot 100, earn Richie his first Oscar nomination for Best Original Song, as the track was actually written for the film of the same name starring Brooke Shields. Did not know which that. Which I don't think most people even know. <laughs> Did not know about that film. But you, I, It's one of those things where the song endures much longer than the film. Well, did. you know what film it makes me think of? Happy uh, Sex in the City. No, Happy Gilmore. Because sure, you have the Happy... weirdest references. <laughs> in Happy Gilmore... Uh, Happy invites Julie Bowen, who plays his love interest in the movie. I mean, Adam Sandler invites Julie Bowen uh, to a date at like an empty ice rink. And then they start playing Endless Love. And she's like, I thought we were just friends. And he's like, friends listen to Endless Love together alone in the dark. <laughs> that's, always, that's why I always think of it. Wow. <laughs> that's um, here. You learn, you learn fun facts about music and chart news each week on the Pop Shop yeah, Podcast. Yeah, this is what you come for. This Inc- is what you came for. <laughs> yeah. Um, okay, well, I think we've uh, reached the end of our big shoe, our big Valentine's Day-themed shoe. Indeed. Show, even. Um, what song should we go out on? Well, you know what we haven't mentioned, except we did in the office, but uh, this new Pussycat Doll song, React. Oh, and we haven't even talked about it, but like we both like it. Uh, if, have you saw? Have you seen the video yet? Yes. How is Nicole Scherzinger forty-one years old? Is She's my first 41. question. She's forty-one. It's the same way J Lo is fifty. Exactly. There's this something is, in their genes. That's why they're pop stars. Oh my god! And, and then somehow they can wear the choreography, latex and water, and it the all choreography looks great. is amazing. They're like so on point. It's so much fun. I'm trying to figure out what would be the boy equivalent of the Pussycat Dolls. What? <laughs> no, I was just I was just watching <laughs> if you just watch that video and you're like okay what could there possibly be like a boy band all oh, wearing like, like could NSYNC show up like like they with like 20 years had like not latex? passed no the answer no. is no well not even that just wearing that little clothing maybe uh take that they they definitely oh, they started off still of, <laughs> yeah yeah you showed me the like <laughs> S&M video that they had to start things out okay um, <laughs> and on that note on that note let's go out with the Pussycat Dolls new single React and we'll see you guys next time bye Okay, 
parachutes ready. Boy, the things I go through to get auto loan rates as low as 1.04% APR for 36 months on new vehicles with PenFed. You are aware that you don't have to be a military member to save hundreds on your auto loan, aren't you? Anyone can join PenFed. As someone terrified of heights, I probably should have looked into that. Probably. Drop me off at the shore. PenFed Credit Union. Visit PenFed.org slash autos or call 1-800-247-5626. Advertised rates available through the PenFed car buying service. To receive any advertised product, you must become a member of PenFed, insured by NCUA. Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. Chumbacasino.com has over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Forward, prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.